Heavenly Father, we pray that you would indeed speak to us now, that we would hear your call, that we would follow in your way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been uh, binge-watching a series on Netflix or Now TV, uh, or if you're tuning in week by week on normal television, uh, then you might be familiar with how each new episode in a series begins. It'll have something like this. Previously on Line of Duty or Game of Thrones or whatever it might be that you're watching, uh, it reminds you of what has already happened and maybe highlighting the particular details you'll need to grasp for this new episode. Although if you've been binge watching several episodes in a row then you hardly need the reminder to know what's been happening. This morning we're beginning a new series in the book of Acts. Over the next couple of months we're going to see how the early church started and developed and grew. But very quickly we realise that this isn't a standalone book. This isn't an entirely new series. Rather, Acts is like season two of an ongoing story. And just like the TV series, our author begins with a previously on a kind of reminder. So it would be good if you have it open in front of you at Acts chapter 1, page 1092. And from verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Previously in the story of Jesus. Now maybe you already know who wrote Acts, but if not, then it was Dr. Luke. If you keep a finger in Acts and flick back to page 1025, And there at the start of Luke, uh, we find uh, his introduction there where he mentions the same man, Theophilus, which means friend of God. Uh, But he also says why he wrote at Luke and then Acts. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So Dr. Luke interviewed the eyewitnesses and has set out the story of Jesus. And Acts isn't a new story. Rather, it's the continuation 
of what is already happening in Luke's gospel. And it's that continuation that Luke emphasizes in verse 1 in Acts. So we're back to Acts again. He says, in my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So what's he saying with that opening phrase? He's not saying that book one was all about what Jesus did and then book two is about what someone else did. Rather, if Luke's gospel was all that Jesus began to do and to teach, then Acts is all about what Jesus continued to do and to teach. Now, the heading in our Bible there just says Acts. In some versions, it will say the Acts of the Apostles. Some people try to say that it should be the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit uh, that we see at work. But I think Luke is helping us to see that it is really the Acts of the Lord Jesus. But that raises a question. See, we've already read verses 1 to 2, and already we've heard that Jesus was taken up to heaven on a certain day. That's what we find in the last part of the reading from verse 9 onwards. He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Over the 40 days between Easter and the Ascension, Jesus had been with his disciples. We have some of the details of some of those meetings in the last chapters of Matthew and Luke and John, as well as the time when over 500 people met with Jesus, uh, as mentioned by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. But this event in Acts chapter 1 is the final meeting, the conclusion to these physical encounters with Jesus as he ascends to the right hand of the Father. So what's the question that's raised. Well, if Acts is all about what Jesus continues to do and to teach, how does that work if Jesus isn't on the earth anymore? But the answer also comes in verse 2. Jesus gave instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. The work of Jesus, the continuation of all that he began to do and to teach is to be carried out through the Holy Spirit by the apostles Jesus had chosen. And when you think about that, you might be thinking to yourself, Jesus, what are you doing? Remember, these are the guys who just over a month ago ran away from you when you were in danger. One of them even denied that he he knew you. And you're going to leave them to get on with the work. But remember that he has instructed them through the Holy Spirit. Earlier, we mentioned the the previously on feature of TV programs. Often in movies, you get the kind of highlight reel showing how a a character undergoes a, a training regime, a bit like Rocky. You know the Rocky movies where you just get little glimpses of him, you know, running up the steps at some building or, you know, working away in the gym. Uh, Verses 3 to 5 are that kind of training montage. Luke says, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So how did Jesus get them ready for the task ahead of them? He showed them, he spoke to them, and he promised the Spirit. He showed them that he was alive with many convincing proofs. He's making sure that they are sure that he really is alive. And one of those convincing proofs is there, where are we, in verse 4, while he was eating with them. Jesus wasn't uh, a ghost. He was raised bodily. He really is alive. He shows them that he's alive. Next, he spoke about the kingdom of God. He's teaching them about his kingdom, how people need to acknowledge Jesus as their king. And finally, he promised the Holy Spirit. John had baptized with water, but Jesus would baptize them with the Holy Spirit. The apostles have been prepared by Jesus. The 40 days are now up. Their training has been completed. It's the day that Jesus is about to ascend to heaven to take his place at the Father's right hand, and yet still the disciples don't seem to get it. They don't seem quite ready. Do you see what they ask there in verse 6? So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? What are they asking there? They're asking, is Jesus going to restore the kingdom to Israel right now, today? Are you, Jesus, going to become king right here, right now in Jerusalem? They're remembering the glory days of King David and King Solomon. But those days were lost through exile to Babylon and now Roman occupation. They know that Jesus is the son of David, that he's the king, and so they expect Jesus to kick out the Romans and to become king in Jerusalem. And they're asking, is that going to happen today? Is that right now? Now that you've done all that other stuff about dying on the cross and rising to new life. Are you going to be king and make us your government ministers, your advisors, your your cabinet? But their focus is too narrow. Their vision is too small. Jesus had spoken about the kingdom of God. And all they can think about is the kingdom in Israel. One day, Jesus the King will reign in Jerusalem, but not yet. Not yet. You see, they needed to work to the Father's timetable, not their own. To the Father's plans, and not their own. Verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, their focus was just on Jerusalem, just where they were. But Jesus' focus is much wider. Do you see where he's focused? Jerusalem, yes, but also Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's like a, a stone being dropped into a pond. The ripples extend right across at the full length, farther and farther. And that is Jesus' plan. The ongoing work of Jesus for the apostles to go out, not just where they are, not just next door in Judea and Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. This is the ongoing work of Jesus. And this is also the list of contents for the book of Acts. In this chunk over these next few weeks, we'll only really focus on Jerusalem, but we'll come back in due course to see how the apostles fulfill the whole of Jesus' plan through the book of Acts. And what will they do when they go to all those places? Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. A witness speaks of what they have seen and what they have heard. And that's what the apostles are sent to do. They are to share what they have seen and heard of the Lord Jesus. And that's why the emphasis on showing that Jesus is alive and speaking about the kingdom are there. Now, just for a moment... Put yourself in the sandals of these apostles. How do you feel about what you've just heard? You're going to be witnesses to the ends of the earth, the 11 of you who are there. There aren't any jet planes or mobile phones. There isn't even any coffee to give you some get up and go. How would you feel? Daunted? Overwhelmed? Well, remember that Jesus showed them that he was alive. He spoke about the kingdom. But what was the third thing that he focused on in the training montage? It was the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. They wouldn't be able to do it by themselves. That's why, you see, whenever Jesus is ascended, they don't get onto Expedia straight away or call into their friendly travel agent to get a move on. They wait for the promise. They wait for the power that only comes by the Holy Spirit. And with those last words, Jesus is taken up. The work of Jesus is continuing by the apostles he has chosen who are waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts will show us how they fulfilled that mission. And here we are in what 
that to them would be the ends of the earth. And we are called to join in with our mission as the gospel has come to us. We're called to join in at making Jesus known, calling people to bow before King Jesus. But we can't do it by ourselves either. We too need the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is it that we need to tell? Here in Rich Hill, in Ulster and in Ireland and to the very ends of the earth. The work of Jesus is continuing as he reigns in heaven. But one day, those angels tell us in verse 11, one day he will return bodily to receive the honour that we heard last week, every knee bowing, every tongue confessing that he is Lord. Are you in? Are you ready to join in the acts of the Lord Jesus to be worldwide witnesses for him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we hear at the call of the Lord Jesus. We pray, Father, that you would indeed give us your Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to be worldwide witnesses for Jesus. We pray, Father, that we would be known in this village as a people who love Jesus, and to make him new. Father, we pray that you would indeed bless us, that you would help us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.